On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, Christopher J. Worth joins the show to talk about quitting and more importantly, how to live the no-quit lifestyle. What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast. It is yours truly, Jake Thompson, the Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Everyday, but most importantly, your biggest fan. Because everything I do here at the brand, everything we do on the show is designed to help you win. We want to see you excel in your career. We want to see you continue to excel in your training. And most importantly, we want to see you win at life. And so every show, every conversation, every design, apparel, book, piece, you name it, is all created with you in mind. Even if I've never met you, I've never given you a high five, shaken your hand, seen you in person, know that I am still cheering for you. I am putting this stuff together for you because I want to see you win. I believe that the more we get competitors in the world, the more people that adopt this competitor mindset, that embrace personal responsibility, that step up to be leaders, the better impact we can have on our world, the better impact we can have on our community, and most importantly, the better impact we can have on those people in our homes, the people we see each and every day that sometimes we take for granted, those relationships that we don't always remember as the most important ones. What I hope, what I hope from the bottom of my heart is that you take the things from this show, you take the things, the messages we put out online, you take the content from the blog or perhaps the things in my new book, you start applying them and you start working on how you can lead better, how you can communicate better, how you can make a better impact starting at home and building out. We don't have to see the end results of the work we do to have an impact. You don't have to see the impact to know that the ripple was there. And if you keep planting seeds, if you keep putting yourself out there, if you keep making the right decision to bring your best self to work, to bring your best self to life, to every interaction, every single day, good things will happen. You may not see that harvest. Someone else down the line may have to harvest that seed, but you planted it. And so my challenge is keep planting those seeds each and every day. Even when you don't feel motivated, even when you don't feel good, even when you're overwhelmed, show up with your best self. Pour into others. Compete for your one and only life. You get one shot on this earth. Do your best to make a dent in this place. To leave your mark and let it be known that you were here. You did not pass through this life. You did not pass by as some person on the sidelines, but you were on the field. You competed. You won some, you lost some, but damn it, you were there giving your best each and every day because that's what it's about. That's what I'm about. And I'm cheering for you so hard because I want to see you out here on the field with me. I want to see you winning. And that starts with how you show up every day, what mindset you adopt, and how you compete. Today's guest, Christopher J. Worth, is a fellow speaker, and we're going to get into the importance of quitting, knowing when to quit certain things and when not to. How do we distinguish between the things in life we have to learn to give up and the things in life we have to continue pursuing? We're going to talk about what it means to know when there's time for a change, the importance of consistency and accountability to reaching success, and a whole lot more. As always, to get in touch with me, drop me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And if you haven't been on the website yet this week, if you're not on our email list, I would ask that why, but second of all, know that you missed out because we have dropped the summer collection, 
brand new designs, brand new gym flags, bright color wristbands, all motivational messages to keep you fired up. Most importantly, while you continue to do the work to become your best self, to make that big impact, to compete for your one and only life. So check out competeeveryday.com for the newest releases. Now, Let's get into building that competitor mindset. Let's get going on this Wednesday morning with Christopher J. Worth of No Quit Living. Christopher, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I appreciate the opportunity to be here, my man. Yeah, I'm glad to get connected. We obviously can thank our, our friend Matthew Del Negro, who's been on both of our podcasts, uh, 10,000 No's, for introducing us and, and sharing his world a little bit. And after doing some research on, on No Quit and the No Quit Living podcast, uh, love your attitude and mindset. I think it's perfect for our listeners. So before we kind of dive in a little bit, I'd love for you to share what you do today, what No Quit looks like, what your life looks like, and then, man, I want to dive into some of that journey and and really the power of optimism in your life. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. So interesting story. So I'm a huge quote guy, and I, I think at some point I probably had like six or seven different quotes of the days coming through, but I saw this quit by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, it's always too early to quit, and it just hit me that day, and I ended up getting a vanity plate on, I think, four or five cars ago, and it was just no quit. And I have a financial business also, and I was like, I'll, I'll make it no quit capital. Then one of my buddies is like, I think that's a little bit aggressive for the financial world. I don't know if you want to do it. So I just started doing some speaking, and I, I transitioned to no quit living. But basically, what we do and what we look like is it's just taking people's no quit stories. And I think the unbelievable perspective of the concept, the idea, and the company is Every single person I know, successful, young, old, white, black, religious, not everybody has multiple no-quit stories. And the first question I ask in every episode is if the, if the guests will share their no-quit story. And almost every single person is like, well, which one? Do you want one from this decade, last decade? And it's funny and humorous, but the reality is everybody loves a comeback story. It's why Rocky, there's, there'll probably be Rocky 100. There'll be you know all these, all these movies coming up because it conceptually – we're a motivational speaking training company. Obviously, we have our podcast, and it's all about just inspiring people to never give up. And I think, ironically, it, it's come in a, in a pretty cool time with what we're dealing with now in regards to the COVID and, and just the craziness we're going through as a country. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. Uh, before we dive into a little bit more, I'm curious because you deal with a lot of high achievers. The people that listen to this show are high achievers, they have the growth mindset they're pursuing. And I feel like sometimes for us, there is a fine line between knowing when to quit certain bad journeys and that sunk cost mindset that we're like, man, we've already invested so much, we can't do it, versus really successful people know these are the things you do not quit on, but these are okay too. How have, in your life, learned which things to say no to, which things to say, I need to put more emphasis on this, I'm not giving up in this area, but this stuff I'm okay quitting? Because most people would just assume when you say no quit, it's, well, I'm never going to quit anything. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've, I've been asked a, a version of that question probably a couple hundred times, and, and it's, it's so 
awesome that you that you preface it that way because because that's kind of the question people are like oh so you believe in never quitting no matter what and it's almost like the offensive ask where they they think I'm gonna say yo a hundred percent you never give up anything no matter what but the the first thing I always follow up with is every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else and that sounds really cliche and it sounds very foo-foo in the sense of like oh well you know you can't do this you can't do that if you're doing this but the reality is if you're doing that in business and life in sports, you're saying yes to something ultimately down the road, the next day, a week from now, there's something else that's going to come up that you can't do. But to, to take it a step further with the quitting and, and no quitting, there's those times where you have to give up. And, and I don't think it's to give up. Like I'm quitting because it's too hard. It's the perspective of this is not working. The perspective of I've given everything I can, whether it's financially, emotionally, with my business partner, fill in the blank with a relationship, and this is not succeeding. Michael J. Mayer, who's a best-selling author, he was on my show, and he, he shared something. This is back almost end of 2017 now. He said, Chris, it's perfectly okay to stop, to reassess where you are, and maybe take an entirely different angle or an entirely different approach. He said, but if you just give up at that point, because it gets difficult, it gets hard, that's the difference of quitting versus reassessing something and quitting because something got hard or difficult versus realizing that there's a better angle, realizing that there's a better objective, realizing that maybe you have the wrong business partner, or maybe you have the wrong approach. And, and I think that's the thing that is always interesting because people ask that question and I think they always assume because of the company and, and I'm going to say, oh, you never quit no matter what. And people have said, well, what if you're in bankruptcy and you know, you have no money? Of course, I'm, I would never tell somebody, well, you know, just keep going and yeah. you know, go further into bankruptcy and, you know, borrow money from everybody. It gets to a point where you have to really, truly reassess where you are. And many times you say, this is not working. I have to try something else or have to maybe abandon the ship and jump on another ship. And I think that's the interesting perspective. I give that analogy a lot is, you know, if your, if your ship's burning and it's sinking and there's another ship right next to you that has a better captain and a better, you know, crew, you're not going to just be like, no, we're good. We're good. We're going to stay here. And yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't mean you're quitting. It means in essence, you're saving your life. And I think that's an interesting perspective. But I love that you asked that because I do get it asked a lot. And I think really people think I'm just going to say, you know, never give up no matter what. Well, and, and the reason I think we're so aligned, one of the stories our listeners has heard is early on in my career, I had a point where I was like, mentally, I was like, I don't know if I'm the person to build this. And it was like two to three years in and a buddy had had a conversation with me where he's like, your whole brand is on not giving up. So like you can change the business, but you can never abandon the message. Like you are stuck with that message. So I don't care if you stop selling t-shirts and do something else because that works better. He's like, you don't give up on that. And, and it's the same thing. It's like, you're not giving up on the big piece. You're choosing what's important and what's not to, to battle. And sometimes it is jumping to that other ship. One of the things I love about not quitting, one of the things I love about perseverance and, and grit through the tough times is it's required or hope and optimism are required, I think, to be able to do that. You have to know something bigger, better is out there waiting. And it's not a false sense of positivity. It's, it's optimism in, in sense that whatever happens, like I'm going to make something of it, something better is going to get it. And, and we talked right before we got on a little bit about John Gordon and a lot of his work around optimism and positivity. Uh, and you do a lot of work in that space as well, including a book you've got coming out here in the very near future about the positivity tribe. And so I'm curious from your standpoint, how did you build your optimism muscle, that optimistic muscle you had 
uh, for life because you, you were a coach for a while, you've built a successful company, uh, you've now built another successful company with speaking and training business. Obviously, that's a roller coaster. Entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. How did you build that optimism muscle in your life in hopes that maybe the listeners listening can learn something about how they can continue to strengthen their own? I, have you trademarked that optimism muscle? I haven't. So get on it if you want it. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, the, the amazing thing about being a guest on, on shows and, and I've been extremely fortunate and every time I get to share our mission and message, I'm super appreciative, but I learn all the time and I've never heard that in ever before. So I, I think it's powerful, but it, it's going to sound very simple, but mine came from sports. I played basketball and tennis in college. Growing up, I played football, basketball, and baseball in addition to tennis. And I was playing all year round, multiple teams, because it's what I loved. And what I love about sports is twofold. Is one, no season or championship was ever lost or won in the first game or first inning. And two is in sports, you can always have another day. Obviously, if it's the end of the season, but but throughout your career, even if you only play Little League and high school, and but you always can come back and you always have another opportunity, another chance. And for me, that whole perspective came from looking at and looking up to different people in sports. You and I were talking about the sports series, which came out um, probably a month or so earlier than this is going to release, but The Last Dance, which featured obviously the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And I think for me, I tried to surround myself with people that really – had challenges and obstacles along the way. And the thing that I love about the most successful people that your listeners and probably you and I look up to follow and are inspired by, it's not these undefeated people all the time. It's not these, oh, well, I've never lost anything. I've won every single game. You know, you had mentioned, I believe, uh, football. I don't think I asked you what your football team is. Oh, I'm, I'm a Panthers fan. So heartbreak and I've got some rough seasons up ahead. <laughs> so, so we'll just, the, the football analogy is, is Tom Brady's story. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady was an okay high school player by his, not me, I never saw him, but by his definition, obviously he did not have a great career at Michigan and he was not even drafted to, to a place where he was really thought of being a future of the, of the team. Fast forward, it was, getting knocked down all of a sudden the quarterback ahead of him goes down and he's just thrust into that situation. So for me, the other perspective is that I played up a lot when I was younger. So if I was in seventh grade, I played in eighth grade and it wasn't because I was amazing. It's because my dad always wanted me to have people that were around you that were better. It's kind of the old Jim Rohn quote, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most of the time with. So for me, I hated some of it when I was younger, you know, I was in fourth and fifth grade playing in fifth and sixth grade leagues I'm like you know this stinks but once I got to eighth ninth tenth grade I had an, a competitive advantage which is the thing we talk about all the time is that competitive positive mental advantage where if you put yourself in the right frame of mind you're going to have an advantage over whoever you're competing with and whether it's business whether it's life and I don't mean in any way shape or form just by being positive and having that positive mental attitude means you're going to win everything but I equate it to a quote that I love by Zig Ziglar is a positive attitude won't get you anything, but a positive attitude will get you anything better than a negative attitude will. And I think it's, it's super important in business and life and sports and anything you do to approach whatever that objective or challenge is as positively as you can. Yeah, no, I, I love that. So tell us a little bit about the Positivity Tribe that you're writing and, and getting ready to release. What, what is the book about? Uh, what can listeners expect if they want to pick up a copy or why should they pick up a copy? Great. I appreciate that opportunity. So it's, it's very simple. It's a 
it's a fable about positivity. And we, you had mentioned John Gordon before. John Gordon is someone that obviously you and I know know fairly well. And we also mentioned Damon West. John and Damon wrote an awesome book, The Coffee Bean. And it's a similar men mental perspective of three individuals that are going through a challenging time. Actually, they're juniors in high school. And they, in essence, form this quote-unquote positivity tribe, and they realize that by doing this together, by encouraging each other, it gives them an advantage in whatever they're going through. And obviously, you've been in high school before. There are some challenges, uh, both for for uh, men and women going through through college and or excuse me, through high school. And ultimately, what happens is they have a positive impact on their on their school as well as their community. And for somebody that wants something, A, it's uplifting, but B, it's, it's a fable that's not one of these Pollyanna stories that you're going to read it and say, oh, this, this is ridiculous. Because none of the characters, you know, overcome something and become the next Michael Jordan after, you know, not being able to even catch or something. They're all things that are real in the sense of obstacles and challenges that we all know people have gone through. You know, there's a divorce, there's someone getting cut from a, a sports team, there's a bullying perspective of it. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to just relate that to people and say, you know what, I know somebody that was going through this, or I had a classmate, or I have a friend who was dealing with this. And we wanted it to be as real, but also uplifting. And, and you know, the reality is we're going through challenging times, not only during this pandemic, but Life in, life in general is tough. And as you know, I, I love the whole compete every day mindset because that's the reality is every single day you have one of two choices, you know, go out and attack the day or just kind of sit back and, and see what happens. And I think there are definitely those days where you kind of wake up and you're like, all right, I hope it's a you know nice day. I hope it's easy. But there's the days when you, know, you just feel you're getting kicked in the teeth like every hour. I've got a curveball question for you that I, I'm interested that something you said prompted in my head. For a positive attitude, what do you think is more important? Having purpose or being intentional with your environment in terms of the people you run with? Ooh. I'm going to say it's, it's the second. I think going back to the Jim Rohn quote I said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most of your time with. The term that I use often when I speak is who's on your bus, who's in your tribe, and who's in your corner. I think, don't get me wrong, I think having a purpose is unbelievably important. But if you're, by, if you're by yourself, leading this purpose by yourself, with yourself, next to yourself, in front of yourself, you might be successful, you might be unbelievably successful, but you might also have some real challenges as opposed to having the right people in your corner, on your bus, and in your tribe can take an average idea or an average company and turn it into you know, the next multi-billion dollar company or empire because those people that have your back, that encourage you, that challenge you and push you, I think are, are so important. And even if you have a pretty good purpose and a pretty good vision, if you have those incredible people in your corner, I think all of a sudden that average purpose or vision turns into something else. But that was, that was an awesome question. That was like a, it was like a curveball and a knuckleball together. I was getting ready <laughs> to drop and then all of a sudden it just, it just came at me in slow motion. Well, the reason I ask is because I started thinking about it because a lot of, you know, John talks about it, you talk about it, I talk about it, about the importance of having a why and having that purpose for some of our work and in our life and the things we do. And then I got to thinking about your new book and the Positivity Tribe and, and how is the relationships of three. And, and James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, is big on the environment. Our environment is crucial in building positive habits but the people were around all the time and you've brought it up multiple times, the power of relationships. I, I started to think as you're saying that 
that that's one of the most important things in terms of being optimistic and cultivating that positive attitude is those people that we interact with every day, whether it's a text message thread on your phone or you're seeing them every day are more important because they're the ones that, man, you may not have that big purpose, per, uh, big picture purpose right now, but they're going to make sure you're not giving up or selling yourself short. That's no, it's, that's, I, I couldn't agree. And, and I'll just touch on one quick thing is, we utilize accountability partners. It's something that I think is, is hugely important. I actually have uh, four accountability partners myself, all in, in different realms, but we coach a, a lot is, is getting those people. And, and the difference of an accountability partner versus a paid coach or trainer is very different. Not that a coach or trainer doesn't care about your, your well-being, but the reality is he or she is getting paid to do a job as opposed to an accountability partner, it's a two-way street. So I've done coaching, I've had coaches. When I actually pay for coaching myself, there's, there's nothing that's a two-way street. It's a one-way street towards you because you're paying for that. But what accountability partners do, it, it's just that, it's that constant pushing, challenging, but also stretching and helping people grow because I think you know it from, from what you do and the short time that we've been able to connect, it's, it's all about getting outside of that comfort zone. And, and there's you know, quote after quote, where all the greatness happens outside the comfort zone. And I think I heard that probably the first like 50 or 100 times. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's comfort zone. But, but Shannon, um, Shannon Sharp, who's one of the all-time greatest tight ends, he has a quote is you have to be you have to become comfortable or you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I first heard I'm like, what does that mean? But I realized I said, you have to be comfortable knowing that you can do more, you can try more. And when you stay here, you know, you know that it's comfortable. You know that you're going to do this. This is your go-to. But if you want to take it from here to the next level and even to the level above that, you have to continually get way outside of your comfort zone. One of the things you said there about the importance of accountability is, is a question we get a lot of times. And we've addressed it a number of ways and, and would be curious your opinion on it. But you are a high achiever. You know the importance of accountability in relationships. How do you intentionally find those people that you align with and hold each other accountable with? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an awesome question. I was speaking at an event, a pretty big event in October, and I always do a Q&A after, and people come up, as you know, being a speaker yourself, and they talk to you. And, and I was having this conversation, and it was, I think, seven or eight women in the real estate world, and they were like, well, how do you find those people? And, you know, do you just, like, put an ad out? And I laughed, and I said, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but there's not a lot that goes into it. What I mean by that is, Obviously, you have to have people that are like-minded, but you have to have those conversations. And it's not like, hey, Jake, do you like this? I like this. Okay, well, let's do it. It's, you know, what do you want? What can you commit to? But the biggest thing I, I say when it comes to accountability and accountability partners is you have to find that person that's committed to, to doing it. And what I mean by that, and it sounds super simplistic, is if I say to you, okay, we are going to have this accountability call or this accountability meeting every Tuesday at 6 p.m., then you know for a fact that every Tuesday at 6 p.m., I'm going to be there and you're going to be there. And when I say I'm going to do these two, three, four things and you're going to do these four things, we know that we're going to do it. And if for some reason we don't, we discuss it, we talk about it, and we keep going. And, and people ask me all the time, what's the number one thing about an accountability partner? And 100% it's consistency. That, that's, that's the number one, number two, number three ingredient of a strong accountability partnership or relationship because you have to be consistent not only for yourself that's a huge part of it but more so for that person as well love it love it all right man how can people sitting in on our conversation today learn more obviously we're going to be linking to your podcast in the show notes but give us the best place for us to follow you on social media and where can we learn more about your work your training programs and your company 
Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So the, the best way is just um, our website, noquitliving.com. You can find us there as well as um, our podcast. Obviously, you can find it on any platform. But we're most active on, on social media and, and Instagram is really where, where we love to connect. But I always give my personal email address. Uh, I love connecting with people and it's just chris at noquitliving.com. I love connecting with new people and always looking to just continue to, to spread this whole no quit mission and message. And I truly um, appreciate the opportunity, my man. You bet, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We will be linking to all your stuff as well as cannot wait to see your new book out as I know our listeners, especially after we got talking about the importance of relationships and the people in our life, they will need to pick up a copy as well. Thanks for being on the Compete Podcast. I appreciate it, my man. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.